0: happy New year everyone welcome to turnbuckle boogie I am Timothy Styles and with me is professional wrestler cutthroat Cody Hancock yeah <laughs> 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 so we're both so as we're recording this it's New Year's Day and uh, I'm sure you were up late I've technically been on vacation and we haven't seen each other um, technically speaking in a, a couple a few weeks
1: it's, it's been a chunk of time you were able to uh get some episodes in the can with our good buddy james yeah and i i had the opportunity to see him and while he was in town doing his stand-up set and i you went christmas night didn't you i did yeah i, I went christmas eve how did you enjoy his set
0: i rate the show two thumbs up
1: two thumbs up man james did really, really good. But there was just the front row was like this drunk family from Texas with like this mother that had her kids way too young and they were just kind of hijacking shit, man. And James handled it like a pro, uh, well, every other, comedian, to be fair to him, he is a pro. Yeah. Every other comedian handled it like a pro too, but then eventually security came out uh, before the last comic went on stage and had told these yokels, hey, shut the fuck up. And then the last comedian came on and mm-hmm. uh, was kind of bombing his set yeah, like really bad. And then he tried saving the day by interacting with the front row. And they're like, we're not supposed to talk to you. <laughs> 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 it, it was a very fun night out.
0: Yeah. Um, there's an interesting dynamic in every comedy room um i could tell you that i once went to a show that had both it was in north carolina it was we were it was part of a bachelor party and i guess one of the laws is um everyone in a vehicle can drink to their heart's content except for the driver who cannot have a drop you follow those rules and uh you can have a grand old time yeah uh so it was part of a bachelor party uh me and four other guys went to, I think, Raleigh, North Carolina to a comedy club, and we saw what I believe was uh, Dane Cook and Mitch Hedberg. Oh, shit. And Mitch Hedberg fucking uh, leveled the room. But um, at a certain point, because uh, we showed up essentially half in the bag, yep, I was laughing so hysterically that the security guard told me, take it down a notch. I was not commenting or going
1: yeah you're just laughing
0: i was laughing hysterically and the guy was like hey (laughs) you're disturbing the vibe of the room
1: stop having fun (laughs) (laughs) knock it off
0: (laughs) (laughs) well anyway folks uh i just want to start the show by saying that if you did not for christmas buy yourself or a friend or loved one a turnbuckle boogie shirt shame on you you're a loser oh okay (laughs) but You can fix this. It's real easy. All you got to do is go to turnbuckleboogie.com, click on the gimmick table, and get yourself a t-shirt, and then a winner will be you. Well said. Do you have anything to plug before we start? Uh,
1: I've got my death proof shirts in the back of my car. Uh, It would be nice if some of these people that pre-ordered them actually showed up to a show to pick them up so I don't have to run around town all day. And uh, (laughs) I've got some extras to sell. So, yes. Uh, And outside of that, uh, we got a big January lined up. We're going to be back in Everett, Washington for Without a Cause and defending the wac tag team championships with myself and jacob austin young and yeah i mean we're just ready to get into it man
0: man i didn't realize that uh being a, an independent pro wrestler is so close to being uh a soundcloud rapper selling cds out of the back of the car yeah let's boogie
1: a lot of shirts <laughs> i just want these people to come pick them up make my life easy please it's your
0: fault because you decided to not go with a distributor and do it yourself so that yeah. you can make a buck or two and it's more than a buck or two
1: i make a l- I, I, let's talk yeah. about this to open the yeah. show
0: um so now i used to be in a band everyone knows this i won't shut the fuck up about it i'm sure. <laughs> But, you know, merch. We had merch. And the the ideal merch item that you get when you're a band or a wrestler, not a comedian, uh, is T-shirts. Yes. Now, T-shirts, back when I was doing it, was like you can go through a distributor and, and you're making just a few bucks on whatever you're selling. Or you could do what we did, which was we bought uh, plain T-shirts in bulk at I believe 4 dollars a yep. piece 4 dollars a unit and that price could go down the more t-shirts you buy yes if i've I mean, buying in multiples of hundreds or whatever and then we bought uh, and had produced the silk screen the actual big silk screen that we would lay on top of the shirt roll out the 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 ink or whatever mm-hmm. And the hope was for a twenty dollars shirt. We were turning around, make it sixteen bucks. Yeah, um, I guess it's not a bad extra bit of scratch. I guess
1: right. So what's the business now? So the business now, uh, I. I've never been able to find a, a way to transfer at home that has a quality that I would be comfortable charging somebody money for. For you making them. For me making them. Right. So what I do is- Oh, dude, that um, might be actually half
0: the fun because there was another band in town. They went to thrift stores, bought Hawaiian shirts yes. in bulk, and then just put their logo all, all over the fucking things. That,
1: that's brilliant. That's absolutely But they are a brilliant. surf band.
0: Hell yeah. So Hawaiian shirts, I guess, make sense. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's perfect. Give me, like, a little tiny paper umbrella to put in my drink. And the
0: shirt's already been broken in by a a dead guy. Absolutely.
1: And (laughs) if there's one thing that I love is dead people's uh, items. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Goodwill. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so what I do is I'll look for a distributor. Not a a printer, I should say. Mm -hmm. I will collect pre-orders. And then the amount of money that I collect on the pre-orders is the amount of money that I then go in to buy the shirts. So, I make sure that I'm coming at no loss uh, when I get the shirts made. So, of with the pre-orders that we got, we- That were... is the idea.
0: Yeah. Sorry to interject. But, I mean, unfortunately, uh, in show business, at the lower levels, it's a bit of a hustle. And you're trying to make um, extra scratch- Yeah. So that you can uh, squeak out a living. Yeah. You know, one thing, it's one thing that, oh, I'll break even on this, but I get, um, you know, I'm able to advance in some other way, whether it be in popularity or, or whatever. But if it's not for that, I'm just trying to make gas money to the next town.
1: Right. And, and like every dollar kind of counts for me at this point. I think that uh, pro Wrestling Tees is a really wonderful service. I'm really thankful for Brainbuster Tees as well. But at the same time, if I know that I can make more money on doing it on my own, I'm going to do it on my own. You right. know, and an as extra- long as the quality is is of equal value. Absolutely. And we found an amazing printer out here through a gentleman that I go to the gym with. Uh, and his name is Jason and his wife sarah is the front desk girl at our gym and we got a really good deal on the shirts they're really good quality prints um the gentleman that made the artwork uh uncle x on twitter uh has done work for names like chris dickinson john moxley uh has a really dope jerry lynn shirt that i'm proud to own right uh and you know so right now it's just the one thing is that i what I want to do is I want people to come to shows, sure, you know, because we need, we need butts and seats. So, and have you ever
0: thought about talking shit and uh... <laughs> you're too nice? Um, depending on who you ask. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I'm not asking wrestlers behind the scenes. Hey, what's Cody really like? God, the guy's a complete asshole.
1: Yeah. No, I need you to bring that fire On the screen, son. Oh, absolutely. And I've definitely brought that fire on the screen. I did tell a whole entire front row people to go back to a trailer park before. Let let us not forget. I don't don't think that 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 was a very polarizing thing.
0: (laughs) But you know what? I think that, you know, the reason part of the reason why they don't do that in the WWE Vince McMahon would be like, how would you like it if you spent $50 and a, a, a crazy bald guy came up and told you to fuck off? Don't tell that to the fans.
1: Tell it to each other.
0: By the way, lousy Vince McMahon today.
1: There it is. It's okay. You got to get a little bit raspier now. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what I'm saying is, instead of telling the trailer park trash, who, who um, uh, keep you with an extra buck or two in your pocket, uh, tell uh, tell the the opponent that.
1: Right. Oh, I'll tell the opponent that, too. Yeah, r- go r- back r- to your trailer <laughs> park, <laughs> yeah, you nerd. Yeah, well... Uh, but the, uh, the thing that I just want to get some people in house, you know, like that's the whole entire purpose of it's a win-win because then I get the money that they give me. They're able to pick up their product. Right. right? And then at that point, like the next time I do pre-orders, I'm going to let people know, like if you pre-order, you have to come to a show to pick it up. Because I'm not going to spend gas money running around town all day trying to track y'all down. Well, why didn't you get addresses? I I got addresses. All all the ones that ordered from out of and town. And you're just trying to
0: save on stamps.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but postage is expensive, man. Like, and why would I mail something in town when the person all they have to do is come and pay fifteen to twenty dollars for a ticket to come to a show, to then pick up their fucking shirt.
0: Well, you're asking them for more money, aren't you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like here's the well, thing. Well you can't get greedy. <laughs> well, you can't get greedy, but at the same time, uh there's a lot of uh there's a lot of supporters that aren't aren't actually supporting. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like that's kind of the big issue, man. We need people to come to the shows because if people don't come to the shows, then what the fuck are we doing the shows for? Sure, of right? course. And well, what I'm saying is, hey, look, this happens
0: in promotions. Yeah. Uh people end up being there for a long time and things become complacent. Maybe there's not a new cycle of new and interesting people coming around. Right. And you find a rhythm and you continue to do that because that's the formula and it works. But over time, its effectiveness wears off. Uh, someone get this uh, recording to Vince McMahon post haste. Um, <laughs> Speedy delivery. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, perhaps instead of just posting, not you by the way, mm-hmm. but the promotion posting generic videos of here's what's going on um, at the at the the house of uh, the future stars of wrestling, instead. Throwing some uh, fucking crazed promos out there with some people saying some wild shit. Yeah, and I mean
1: we've we've we've
0: been doing. I'm basing really this good. solely off of my what I know of their because I don't feel like they make any real impact on me as a promotion from social media. You know, right. I peruse um the Instagram and tw- and Twitter feed for this show. Yeah, uh, periodically. And uh, it's not, it's, it, nothing is striking me. Now, I'm not saying that they're not posting anything. I'm saying that the, by and large, most of it might not be of much interest. And I'm not limiting it to this. I'm saying, like, let's say there's a theater company, you know, a local theater group that do community theater productions in town yeah you know they have to promote these shows to get people to come out to their homegrown little off 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 broadway productions you know right um it's interesting trying to find new and interesting ways to to get people out this is where i really regret kayfabe being dead in the eyes of The employees.
1: Yeah, man. Well, but it's dead. It's not dead in just the eyes of the employees, man. It's dead in the eyes of everyone. Everyone knows what it is. They know what it is, sure. Yeah. But I think it's
0: possible. I think it's absolutely possible to walk a line. Yeah. And make it exist. Yeah. You know, you can lead people to believe that you legitimately don't like someone, even if it's behind the oh, scenes oh, I, and I, that's I, enough for people to go, Ooh,
1: I've done it. Like I've right. done it. I've absolutely done it. And I mean, we, there was just a really good angle that closed off with an Iron Man match. Like Damian Drake and Matt Vandergriff went an hour last night. God dog and, and hats off to him because not only did they go an hour, but they went an hour and they kept everyone emotionally invested in what was going on right now. Um, we're definitely not going to uh, say anything as far as like what is being done like Spider, uh, who used to wrestle. He's one of the production guys, and he's been making a lot of really good highlight packages and things like that. There's a little bit of a deeper issue that's happening specifically in town right now, mm-hmm. and unfortunately... It's, you can't go into detail? I can. It's an oversaturated market. Oh, well, like there's the, the, that, yeah. there, there's versus pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. There's big Valley pro wrestling. Grapp there's house. the Gra There's grap house. There's the super beast training compound. Yep. And th- the one thing that all of these companies, uh, want to do is they want to do it the way that they feel like they should do it. Sure. And what they don't realize is, is that unfortunately, When there's that many shows that are running every week, every, every week into every month. And the tickets are all 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Sure. Who wants to blow
0: a $100 a week watching a bunch of high school students uh, clothesline each other? Right.
1: And that and but that's the thing is, is that. We have a lot of really 40 um, bucks tops. We, we have, we have a lot of really great talent in Vegas, right? There's a lot of really, really great talent in Vegas. And the scene is really thriving in a way that is positive, but because there's one person that doesn't like this person, they think that they can do what they're doing better than the other person. Um, there was a show recently Pride Style is another promotion uh, that is running out of verses. Mm-hmm. prestige wrestling is going to be here in February and that's going to be an indie supercard. like you're talking like uh, I think one of the matches on there is Alex Shelley versus Davey Richards, you right. know, like it's just one of those things that I tried to come down and I tried to be like, hey, everybody, let's make a united front. Right, you feel what I'm
0: saying. Let's and get the uh, the LVWA, yeah,
1: the Las Vegas Wrestling Alliance. Yeah, and you know, like, thankfully, Brian with Las Vegas wrestling scene does a really good job of trying to make it to every show. And good grief, yeah. who has the time? And well, once again, like that—that's that's another thing is is that now you have people that they are getting burnt out. On something that they love. I am an anomaly because every single day that I wake up wrestling, right? Wrestling, 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 wrestling. And that's what makes me tick. And I've even had you say it before of like, I don't understand how you can do this all the time.
0: But he just watching. Yeah. Yeah. Just watching, I get burnt out.
1: Well, and but I've also completely kind of shut myself off from trying to keep up with what's going on in WWE and AEW. Like, right. from time to time, if I hear something is good, I'll go and watch it and appreciate it. And there was, like, a solid three weeks that I was watching everything. <laughs> three weeks. And, yep, everything. But then I have to watch all the matches that are happening in town. Right. You know, because these are my students. And the only way that they're going to get better is if somebody actually pays attention to what they're doing to tell them when they're doing good or when they're doing bad and how to fix it if they're doing it bad. Right. Right. And that has overtaken my life in a huge way. And thankfully, my fiance, Casey, shout out to her pops, Fred, who listens to the show regularly. Hey, dad. Yep. She watches everything with me and she's just as involved as I am. And I'm so thankful for that because a lot of people don't understand that that's what really gives me fulfillment in life. And instead of being upset and frustrated about people not being able to work together anymore, Mm -hmm. the only thing that I'm doing is I'm putting myself available to any place that's going to be able to use me and I'll wrestle for any promotion in town. And that's actually what's supplementing my income. Right. But I'm seeing the numbers of these shows get hit in a big, big, big way. And it's, it's just one of those things like for anyone that's listening to this, There could be a solution to the problem if we could all get together and agree to get along, right? Right. If you can turn off your personal and even sometimes your professional opinion of somebody and try to coexist because we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. And if we were on a unified front, it would be a lot different. California, Southern California specifically has this problem, right? Sure, it's a big place. For talent, it's great when you wrestle and then you can just not even change your gear and you can get in a car and then drive an hour up the road and make another show. Right. That sounds really great on paper, right? But there was there was a day that there was – Sin Bodhi was running a tacos and tamales festival and then we had a show and then I think that Versus had a show and there were some people that – tried to make all three shows Mm -hmm. and I just looked at it and like, I'm not going to have to stress myself out and wear sweaty knee pads all day to get in my car and run the risk of possibly getting pulled over because I'm rushing to the other venue to try to get my match set up. And then I have to explain in a cop why I'm wearing a fucking unitard.
0: Shouldn't he understand though? I would hope, you know, and maybe
1: he's a fan come down, (laughs) come down and watch. (laughs) He's going to pull
0: you over and go, What's this about? Well, let's do this reenactment.
1: Woo, yep. woo, woo. Pull over, you lunatic. Yeah, the, the the Limitless Tournament. License uh,
0: and registration, please. please.
1: Um, I don't have them in my pockets because I don't have pockets right Young now. Young man, sir. step out of the car, please. No problem. <laughs>
0: Hands where I can see them. <laughs>
1: Those are some Why pretty tall boots. Why are you dressed boots. like that?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm
2: cosplaying. Coast to coast, the biggest wrestling spectacular of all time. It's WrestleMania, Sunday afternoon, March the 31st, 1 p.m. Gigantic screen closed circuit, and oh, what a card. World Tag Team Champions, Barry and Mike Rotundo, to defend against the Iron Cheek and Nikolai Volkov. $15,000 challenge of Big John Stud, accepted by Andre the Giant, when these two titans collide as part of WrestleMania. The Intercontinental Champion, Break the Hammer Valentine, to defend against Junkyard Dog, a man I'm gonna be talking to in just a moment or two. Ladies, title holder, Lalani Kai, with the fabulous Moolah in her corner, to meet Wendy Richter with Cindy Lopper in her corner. That is WrestleMania, Sunday afternoon, March the 31st, the biggest wrestling spectacular of all time, 1 p.m. sharp, gigantic screen closed circuit from coast to coast. Don't miss it and get your tickets in advance. Junkyard Dog, I've just got to mention the fact that Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper with Cowboy Bob Orton in their corner will be going against Hulk Hogan and Mr. T with Jimmy Superfly Snooker in their corner that's the one they're talking about. Big match for you, a shot at the Intercontinental title and Greg the Hammer Valentine. You know, it's
3: going to be one Sunday for everybody throughout oh. the country to remember. You know, usually on Sunday, everybody goes to the big house. But when I go to the big house to follow Sunday, I'm going with something. Either a bunch of money in my pocket or Greg the Hammer Valentine hanging off the forces on Thumb Street with that big piece hanging around my waist. Not saying I'm going to win it, mean Gene, You're but talking. one thing about it. He can't come to the ring like a cabbage, all ahead and no real. He'll have to bring a little to get some, and it's going to be a whole lot on this whole cotton be. You
2: had better believe it! It is the biggest wrestling spectacular of all time, WrestleMania, Sunday afternoon, March the thirty-first. You won't want to miss
1: it. The, like the Limitless Tournament was uh, done by FSW and Pride Style had a show literally at the exact same time, and the crowd for both shows was impacted drastically by this situation. And I understand uh, Milhouse who ran the pride style show. He had already booked tickets to bring in people from out of state and stuff like that. He was in a hard press spot. Right. And I tried to get everyone in a room, like I said, and it's just, it's not worth my hassle anymore and I'm just going to keep on showing up to shows and I'm going to get paid to wrestle and I'm going to be fine. Right. You know, I, yeah, that, well, that Mm -hmm. is the issue.
0: There's oversaturation. It's great for you because you have plenty more places that you can go work. Yes. However, um, it will equal to the payouts at each of these, uh, places slowly going south. Yep. Um, because, uh, people will not make it out to every single one if there's wrestling each and every day of the week. Yep. This is uh, across the board in showbiz. You know, um, New York City will throw it to James Madden, Um, You know, he does or has the capacity to do, you know, anywhere between, well, most comedians. They can do six to 10 sets in a night. It's crazy. You know, but uh not all these places are going to be sold out packed houses right you know it's just not the way it's it's set up there's an oversaturation in the market yeah um the music scene out here in Vegas when it was active i mean i had the capacity to play multiple times every weekend but when you do that your value goes down mm-hmm. like uh the 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 bands that I saw succeed who played at a local level, they made a big name for themselves in their first six months. And then they stopped playing locally and started traveling and playing elsewhere. And then they would only come back and and play a show in their own hometown maybe twice a year. It was smart because um, if they just played, you know, every weekend, they wouldn't draw a goddamn fly. Right. But twice a year, they would – pack a house right you know that's why i say you know we've talked about it off air and on the air i think it's it's so important for a pro wrestler to get his or hers or theirs <laughs> i'm get i'm getting in on the act we appreciate it uh, thank you yeah um uh get their act together uh fine tune it to where they feel it's good and hit the road, take this show on the road. If you think it's worth other people seeing and paying money for. Yep. Because if you just stick around in town, yeah,
1: you'll, you'll squeak out a living, but eventually your value will go way down. Oh, absolutely. And I, that's also why I don't try to make every single show that the one company that I am consistently working for is FSW. Right. Right. And then I went and I did a little tiny two-spot at uh, Big Valley. Mm-hmm. I went and I interrupted Fresco during a promo and challenged him for his championship. And then we ended up having a match at the Cauliflower Alley Convention. And I've done a few shows at the Super Beast Training Compound. And I have... I. Pride style wanted to use me, but I was in the limitless tournament. And even though I wasn't originally in the tournament, I was put in there. And then I ended up going into the finals with Davey fucking Richards. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I had to leave myself open for FSW just in case anything happened. And lo behold, something happened and it was a really positive thing, you know? And so for anyone that's listening to this, I'm not telling you what to do. Um, but I'm just letting you know, like, if you're if you're starting to see the, the numbers and ticket sales are going down and things like that, this is why is because there's way too much fucking happening. And it's too much for even people that are in the industry to keep up with. Uh, Vegas is a terrible place to get into showbiz
0: regardless. Yeah. Uh, any form of it. I mean, I've, I've said this, that. Once again, like I said, I hate that I keep bringing up this band stuff, but it's a great parable because it's, Absolutely it's, is. it's uh, instead of one person, it's several in a band, you know, trying to get into some form of show business. But um, whenever bands would come through town on tour, they would come to Vegas thinking like, oh, well, we're going to have a great show or whatever. It would be the worst show on their tour. And the reason why is because there's a billion things to do at any given time in this city. And when you split, you know, entertainment up like that, it it makes for dismal shows. Yeah. You know, unless they're really planned out wisely, you know, Mm -hmm. I've had Mm -hmm. shows where I've played to six people. (laughs) I played at the beach once. Oh man. Uh, and there was literally six people there and I fucking destroyed that place. And, uh, uh, those six people, uh, you know, they sell the show of a lifetime, but, uh, and then I've played to like, um, rooms of, you know, into well into the multiple hundreds and stuff. Yeah. Uh, not counting like major venues, like the house of blues and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but those shows took great planning and, and, and thought, you know, not just show up and do your thing. Yeah.
1: You know, and the, and there, and there's, I mean, we're probably, unfortunately, not going to get back in Samstown anytime soon.
0: That's too bad. Uh, it is. It's a good
1: room. It, diversion, amusements, uh, the AC is fixed. Um, I. Amen. Yeah, good, good venue. Uh, they treat us well. Yeah. And despite the fact that they changed ownership, right, um, there was the first guy I'm pretty sure was a pretty big wrestling fan. And then the people that ended up picking up the place afterwards, I'm pretty sure had no idea what professional wrestling even was. Sure. And... Despite it's, this, they were still very, very accommodating, especially after they saw the turnout well, and yeah. then the reaction to, to I
0: what mean, was going on. They need the business, for one. So, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Um, it's, it's in such a strange location in the valley.
1: Yeah. It's it's kind of like
0: – it's in a weird spot. But how do you solve um, – well, there I know the answer. I don't know why I bothered asking. But there is no real solution except for some of these places to, to really just go under – Yep. Sadly, because they're never going to get on the same – I mean, they can get on the same page and go, okay, don't run shows on Tuesdays because that's our night. Right. But it still makes for pro wrestling every night of the week and who can go to all that shit. Right. Sadly, the the only true uh, how, uh, way that it's going to get better is – if some of these places go under, unfortunately.
1: Right. And, and I, I really wish that it wasn't that way and I want everyone to be successful, but, or if,
0: or if one place has a real focus on quality and books, um, in a much superior fashion. And I don't mean just match outcomes. I mean, the people that they choose the quality of talent that they use. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, if there, if one just flies by everybody else, then it will be established. This is the promotion in town and the, all these other ones, you know, they're, they're, they're the, any port in a storm, they'll take anybody who can put on a, a wrist lock. Right. You know, that, that might be the only other way I could think of it. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get a foothold on that when, um, if you're being affected by not drawing money because there's a bunch of other wrestling promotions, that you can afford to book some, some indie hero. Yeah. You know, to, to help you draw. Right. Kind of tough position to be in.
1: Yep. And, and it's one of those things, like I said, uh, I think for the sake of not hurting anyone's feelings, I think that the one thing that we can leave it off with and possibly move on to a different topic is, um, just realize that this might not be the best thing for the industry as a whole.
3: I started this dance in my neighborhood Now everybody's doing it because it feels so good All you need is a partner that knows how to move And the rest are real easy, just dig the groove And when you get yourself started, it's hard to start Just go for your partners, you know what? And then you're Ah, grab that, catch Then you
2: squeeze
3: your partner you fall your mind. Yeah. Or then you let your man loose. No. Then you turn him on out. No. Then you do your thing. No. Or just scream no. and shout. No. And you get yourself started, it's hard to stop. You just go for your partners, you know what? And then you again. Oh but it's the dog baby. 310 pounds and nothing but twist still a little bit of (laughs) sensibility. I'm buying it.
0: have a good christmas
1: i did have a great christmas uh we ended up going and spending by the a- way
0: i've not, i you're my the one friend mm-hmm. that i have that wears more satanic
1: attire hi <laughs> hello then than anyone else i know i'm currently wearing my rucking Fotton pinhead shirt that uh, has a upside down uh cross on the back of it i mean i just love
0: I love Christmas is celebrated by everyone. It's celebrated by Christians, Mm. atheists, Satanists. Bring it on. Who doesn't like gifts? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. Christians got to be pissed. Probably.
1: But that's okay. This is ours. I pissed off enough Christians. It was originally a pagan holiday, but... It still is. Yeah, man. Well, do you know what a pagan holiday is? Uh, Go ahead and elaborate for me. Well,
0: I'm not going to give an entire... Christmas is a pagan holiday. Yeah. All the holidays are pagan holidays. It doesn't mean you have to wear goat leggings and do a the cha-cha.
1: Um do you remember um Dragnet The movie. Oh, hell yeah. With Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks. (laughs) Yes. Uh, People Against Goodness and Normality, Pagans. Right. That was the acronym. And they had the goatskin chaps and they just had that gigantic plethora of pills. The buffet of pills. Oh, my goodness. That seemed like a fun time.
0: It was a nice time to make movies.
1: Yeah, man. (laughs) I just (laughs) want to get invited to that
0: party. Sure, (laughs) but you know what's funny? I don't know if anybody ever. I mean, obviously, we're not that old, but uh, I remember old episodes of Dragnet, and it was about the super square guy, Joe Friday or whatever. And every episode was like, you know, it all took place in the, I want to say late sixties to the to the seventies. Yeah, and every episode is about how the super square button down guy was. Like, telling all these hippies how they're fucking up their lives. Yep. Like, hey, man, far out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was so ridiculous, that show.
1: Yeah, and I think that the movie was, like, a complete satire of the show itself. Oh, it was. yeah, yeah. And that's what made it so much fun. And, I mean, Dan Aykroyd killed in that movie.
0: Yeah, he does great. Yeah. Although, <laughs> and then Tom Hanks, I think, played himself, you know. he's just him. Yeah, it was a vehicle for Tom Hanks, to be sure. Yes, Um, but anyway, so for, for Christmas this year, uh, I gave you a present, by the way, I got myself the same present
1: and it's a great present. Yeah. So Mm. I'll,
0: I'll uh, elaborate. It was the comic book history of professional wrestling, which was a a graphic novel essentially that came out, I want to say two or three years ago, uh, that I had known about and just hadn't pulled the trigger on. Yeah.
1: Uh, I didn't know about it until you mentioned it to me, which is wild. I kind of live under a rock when it comes to some things. <laughs> uh, when it comes to pro wrestling? <laughs> no, when it comes to comic books, specifically. I used to be, my finger was on the pulse. I had a massive comic book collection. Right. When I sold my comics, I kind of told myself I'm never buying a comic book again. Well, no, why'd you do that? Just because it was a problem? Um, it It wasn't necessarily a problem, but it was just something that... I I had a really big collection, and a lot of it was handed down to me from other people. Mm-hmm. And I, for those that know, and for those that don't, there was a period of time when I was injured uh, from wrestling that I made a decision to join my ex girlfriend on a cruise ship doing a magic show. Oh, yeah, and man. I that whole time period I had. I had a lot of shit. I, I had I had toys, and I had records, and I had CDs, and I had movies, and yeah, I had books. Yeah, you were an infant. Books.
0: Action figures, comic books, all the impulsive shit that... Look, I understand a lot of adults are into this sort of stuff, but uh, I don't know, man. I'm just not into collecting stuff, because it just means more stuff I have to dust.
1: Yes, and, and that's the thing, is is that... And I, I, I think I actually... I don't know if I ever told you this, but I kind of watched the way that you did things. Cause I have entered this room that we record in, oh, yeah. um, from the first time. And I remember there were at one point there was a record player and there was a record collection, right? And there was a few little tiny figures and stuff like that. And then I remember talking to you one day after I came over, I'm like, where's all the stuff. Right. And you're, I don't need it anymore. And then I, that kind of triggered something in me. Oh, I made an impact on someone. Yeah. And it was a positive impact, man. Like, and, and I kind of just looked at these things that sat in boxes and I loved my things that sat in boxes and collect dust. But what (laughs) if somebody else would be able to display them? Right. What if somebody else would be able to read them? What if somebody else would be able to care for them? Right. And I narrowed everything down to one hobby. I can't have records. I can't have toys. I can't have comic books. I can't have movies. I can't have everything. So I decided to focus all of my attention into modernizing my retro video game collection. Right. Yeah. So I sold all everything. I sold a lot of shit. And the only, I guess I should say that I kept two things. I kept my very large uh, VHS tape wrestling collection sure which unfortunately the internet at my new apartment completely killed ctc tv uh Uh, where your twitch channel yeah my twitch channel uh possibly could be coming back within the next two months depending on if we can get a internet upgrade right um and i would be more than happy to put that back into the world but i kept the wrestling tapes and i kept my video games but I'm more into emulation now right. instead of physical hardware. Oh, really? Yes, very much so. Uh, there's a lot of really cool things that you can do with a, emulation that you can't do on original hardware.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, if you're an old school cat like uh, Cody and I, I mean, you can just download an emulator for free and download the ROM of basically any game in history. I don't know if this is 100% legal. It, in fact, it, it's not. So,
1: there, there, there's a very big gray area and there's a very big debate amongst the community. Here's, here's my stance. All right. If I have bought that video game at full price, Street <laughs> Fighter 2 from Capcom, All right. how many times have I bought Street Fighter 2? In its full form. Right. I feel that I have owned that game at one point and I can download it and play it on wherever the fuck I want to. If I want to play that shit on my phone, if I want to play that shit on my computer, I should be able to do that with nobody telling me that I'm a bad person.
0: Right. You know what? That's an actual, uh, I I guess I never thought of that before. That's a perfectly reasonable thing because, yeah, I mean, if you get a, a Nintendo emulator, Uh, I mean, and you just start downloading classics. It's like, yeah, I had all these when I was a fucking kid. Right. And uh, if I want to get them now, I basically have to repurchase them from Nintendo via subscription in a Nintendo Switch. Yep. Uh, Fuck all that. Yeah. I already uh, bought this shit, so uh, screw it. Yeah. But you know what's, yeah, you mentioned it. I used to have like little, what was that service called? Loot Crate. Yes. Loot Crate is a subscription service where for $10 a month, they just send you junk, essentially. Yep. And it's like little stuff like, hey, here's a little figurine of the Futurama ship, and here's a T-shirt, and here's a keychain of of, of varying nerd things. Yep. Which I'm into. But at a certain point, you kind of look at your little curio cabinet of a bunch of dumb crap, and it's like, why do I have all this? Because it's not it doesn't really benefit my life at all. In fact, it's, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it, one more thing I have to dust or dust around, you know, um, which, you know, cleaning drives me mad.
1: Yeah. So you I, I appreciate your cleanliness. <laughs> thank you. But uh,
0: especially little figurines and action figures and shit like that, when you have to like, all right, it's, uh, March, time to dust. Yep. And you have to move those
1: things individually. And then you accidentally knock one over and <gasps> it falls down and you fucking break it and it's fucking heart wrenching. And- but
0: essentially all these things, you know, we live in a very... Obviously a capitalistic society where, you know, you're, you're sort of, you're constantly advertised to at all times and you go, yeah, I want that thing. The, all these impulsive buys that you have, you end up sort of surrounding yourself with a bunch of stuff. And at a certain point, probably about the time I got off uh, the internet or not off the internet, but basically retired. You
1: deactivated your social media.
0: Yeah. When I deactivated my social media and I stopped being advertised to on a regular basis, um, it was like, I don't need any of this stuff. And I started to live in a kind of um, less materialistic lifestyle. I only kept things that have an uh, actual practical use and I actually have to use them. Now in this home studio, besides there's a PS5 in there I just got for Christmas, the big TV. There's all these microphones and stuff that we make regular use of every week. And then there's the one thing that I collect are a series of board games because I host a board game night once a week over my place and all of these fucking games get used. And when they don't get used, eventually I give them away. Like yep, I have a big giveaway where I uh, give them to people who
1: come over and stuff. Which, at that point, you're kind of giving back, but I think wrapping back around, because we went way off the topic of the actual book. (laughs) Yeah, the the comic book history of of professional wrestling, wrestling, which I, I mean, I
0: gave it to you, and I thought for sure, I was like, I when I gave it to you, I was like, I know you probably have this, but this one's got a a nice thing for me written in the front of it.
1: Yes, and it's greatly appreciated.
0: Uh (laughs) But you were like, I've never heard of this. Like, what the fuck? Yep. (laughs) It's it's one of the more accurate retellings of the history of the industry. And I recommend it highly to everyone who's ever been interested. I never even owned it until I bought you a copy because I also bought me a copy. And I'll tell you, I've been reading it going, yeah, I know all this shit. But Uh, at the same
1: time for the people that don't know it. And the delivery of the content, and it's very well illustrated, and it's fun. Yeah, it, it's fun, and it's a fun way to get knowledge.
0: I mean, it goes into great detail in the history of lucha libre and all Japan and pro wrestling. Noah. I mean it. It goes all the way back to the carnivals and the invention of the industry you know basically everything that we've ever discussed on the show since its inception is is mentioned in this book so yeah i, I recommend it highly yeah i'm surprised you didn't that have is it.
1: also enlightening
0: yeah well i've always been that guy Yeah. I, i'd love it if i can entertain you well this show is meant to be well originally was meant to be quasi-educational, where we talk about the history of pro wrestling. But it's also important to me that it's at least interesting to listen to. Yes. uh, Me, personally. I like uh, funny, so I like to hear a giggle or two.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. How we just open the show and I'm just automatically laughing. Yes. Yeah.
4: Hello, turnbuckle boogies. This is James Madden. I'm not walking the streets. Do you hear any cars? Fuck, no, you don't. It's New Year's Eve, everybody. I hope you're having a good time. When you're hearing it, it's past New Year's Eve. Why am I not in the street? Because I got the fucking COVID, baby. That's right. Omicron is like Booker T, and I'm Hulk fucking Hogan. Yep, you got me, God damn it. So now, instead of performing and making great money at a club and making out with wonderfully adventurous women... And God knows what else. I'm stuck watching fucking Scream. Boy, that Skeet Ulrich got a raw deal, huh? So I can watch Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns on New Year's Day for the 355th bucket time. I can catch up on Rampage, see what that kooky hook is doing. Buddy, it's going to be a great time. I can watch old pay-per-views. I can watch Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan where... flops out of the ring like a fucking fish at the end of that Faith No More video. Happy COVID, everybody. This is fucking awesome. Can't wait to see what tag team I I don't give a fuck about challenges for the belt on day one. Happy New Year's, Turnbuckle Buggies.
1: and I think that it's something that, once again, highly recommended. And, uh, <clears throat> But it's also another reason, since we're on the topic, it's why I kind of stopped watching all the Marvel movies. Because the Marvel movies, they're made for you to buy a ticket to the movie, and then after you leave the movie theater, it makes you want to buy the piece of plastic that's associated with the movie. What do you mean, the action figure? Yes. Sure. You know, And they want you to just kind of just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And the stories are brilliant. They're very well done. Not all of them. For the most part, for most of the Marvel movies I've seen, you know, but I just don't have the three hours, you know, asking to take three hours out of my day. Mm -hmm. It's hard enough for me to even try to find time. And you'd be so excited to hear this. I'm watching survivor with Casey. Yes. (laughs) Is that show still
0: on the air? Or are you watching reruns? We're watching reruns. What in yeah. the fuck?
1: Old it, it, reality shows. That, that, that she likes Survivor. And I've been watching Survivor with her. And So it's, you can watch
0: people f- uh, uh, in their underwear fight over peanut butter? It's pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, you know, it's... it's if you bit- win this challenge tonight, you will get... A fire. Yeah. Ooh. And, and, and I'm lucky because my fiance works, uh, from early in the morning. And the second that she gets off of work, she goes to the gym uh-huh. and me and her are on entirely different programming. She's doing a major strength building programming for a powerlifting competition. She is in the gym longer than I have to be. Right. Right. And I am on a bodybuilding program because doing power lifting was way too much on my joints. I was getting a lot of pain. Right. And so we're going to gyms at separate times, and then we're lucky if we can etch out an hour and a half to two hours to spend with each other before it's lather, rinse, repeat that cycle. You know, like, so it's really hard. I really want to go see Spider Man. I love Spider Man. I can't wait to watch the movie. I haven't been able to go see it yet. And I used to be. The fucking nerd that was the front of the line that would see it the first, second, third, and fourth day. And then I would go on Facebook, like, well, guys, I just watched Spider-Man for the fourth time, and it's even better than the first. Nerd. Yeah, man, that was me. That That's who I was.
0: I mean, I want to watch that Spider-Man too, but I haven't seen the last
1: uh, one,
0: two, three, four, four of them. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Exactly. I- <laughs> I'm I'm not really in a hurry. Yeah, man. So we'll, I haven't been watching any Marvel movies either. Yeah, I I watched one the other day just because I was bored and I it's the perfect thing to put on in the background where you don't have to pay attention. You
1: don't have to think too much. Yeah,
0: well, it's not even that. It's like uh, I got to cook or something. There, it you is. know what I mean? Like, where I don't have to pay attention because the the plot really doesn't matter in these stupid fucking things. And ultimately, I like uh, uh what's his name, Taika Waititi. We used to do Flight of the Concord. Yes, 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 uh, all the sort of Jermaine Clement projects. Anyway, he 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 directed uh Thor Ragnarok, so I put that on, eh, it was fine, yeah. I it's, mean, it was, it was <laughs> it's interesting that Marvel movies have essentially been ingratiated into this sort of Disney thinking of you know, it's not just an action movie, it's also a comedy, right.
1: Right. And I mean, Ant-Man was funny. Ant-Man was funny. Uh, that might be one of the last ones I watched. I stopped at Doctor Strange. Like, I didn't even watch Doctor Strange because I just couldn't I couldn't etch the time out to even get to a theater and then let alone at home, you know? Like, I walked through... Th- About I, a year too busy. I, I am. And I'm okay with that, though, because it makes me feel fulfilled. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I do this on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like I make myself busy on purpose because when I'm not busy on purpose, I'm not working out, I'm eating shit, right? And then all of a sudden when I'm left alone in my own thoughts, I oftentimes tend to get a little sad about it, you know? (laughs) So instead of actually putting myself in- You're
0: living a productive lifestyle, which I highly recommend.
1: Yeah. And I mean- Another thing that kind of grinded my gears a little bit um, was the amount of people that I saw on social media. Uh, there was nothing good that came out of last year. I hope that this year doesn't Jeez. suck. <laughs> yeah. and Oh, was a pretty shitty year and all. That. Yeah. You know what, man? I agree it's with you. It's as shitty as you make yeah, it. it. Precisely, man. Like... And yeah, there was some things that happened to me this year that probably weren't the most favorable things in the world. It's also some great things. I've been legally declared dead twice in my life. And any day that I get to live, I'm fucking thankful for. And I think that there's a lot of people that they are faced with some hardships, but they've never been put in a situation that actually makes them value fucking life.
0: Yeah, there's the the goalpost for what is difficult to deal with is obviously being – push back. Yeah. You know, my grandfather probably, I believe, fought in the Korean War and was a a tough, no good piece of shit. I can only... He would, if he were alive today, he would look at uh, my daughter and go, Jesus Christ, what have you done?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well... And, you know, like times change and things like that. And I really do think it's in human nature for people to just fucking complain. Right. You know, and that's a downer. I don't think it's human nature. I think it's
0: uh, sadly by design over the last 20 years. Mm
1: -hmm. But, you know, it's uh, there. there, There's a lot of major things that happened in the world that kind of put everyone in a really bad spot with the pandemic. And then there was also some really good silver linings, you know, sure, I got in the best shape of my life. Right. I got to spend a lot of time with my fiance and we painted furniture and we spent time with each other and we were able to lean on each other to get each other through some hardships. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I remember, I remember when I used to lose my keys (laughs) It would like send me on like a fritz, right it like and I would just freak out and whatever it was you know it's crazy
0: I've never lost my, my
1: keys wallet and none of that shit i I don't do it often, but anytime I would do it it would like send me into a fritz right? sure
0: I've never heard Fritz used in that uh, in that sense before yeah it sent me into a von Eric yeah. <laughs> The worst one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that that's true.
1: The youngest son might be the worst one. There was a documentary, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was released around the same time that WWE did their uh, documentary on World Class. Yeah. And there is some dark stuff in there that Fritz did. Yeah, no shit. Some really dark shit. There's Uh,
0: dark shit in the entire history of wrestling, obviously. It comes from the carnival, so you're going to get a lot of seedy characters in it you can choose to focus on that if you want and make entire uh series of seasons on dark side of the ring yep or make the movie the wrestler um or you can focus on the fun uh parts about it that's what
1: i kind of choose to do yep i'm not interested in all these sort of thing like they bum me out i think it's important to know so if you see anything like that happening coming from somebody that is specifically in the industry yeah when i see certain types of behavior now it makes me uh react and act fast because i want to prevent problems from happening you know like (laughs) that's It's really preventative measures. (laughs) Sorry. I'm I'm thinking of what is going on in the world of wrestling
0: right now, like this second. Yeah. Like before you came over, I was reading about a no-win situation for everybody involved. Are you familiar with what's going on with
1: Big Swole? I heard a little bit about it. But fuck it. Let's talk about it. We okay. have, we've hardly talked about wrestling at all. So,
0: well, <laughs> so to give context. Yes. Big will I don't know. A couple months, maybe one month ago. Um, it was it was reported that her contract was expiring. It wasn't going to be renewed. And this was a a uh, her and Tony Khan came to terms with that uh, mutually. So, yes, to, so to speak. Now, of course, I never believe shit like that. You know, everyone has a, a, a motive for something. And quite honestly, if you're worth a shit, they'll keep you around. So, yeah. of course, I, it's mutual. <laughs> is it really? You right. know. Anyway, smash cut to uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, the, the news is that Big Swole either has a podcast or is a guest on a podcast. And she goes into great detail on the reason why she left um, uh, AEW and she does try to, and by the way, I only read this. I didn't listen to it. And I hate doing that because you're trying to.
1: um, We're commentating on it right now. Commentating on something. Without having the full story.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot to be said about people's tone of voice, their body language things. And I'm not getting to experience that. I'm only getting to sort of recite her words back. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of no fair, but. I'll just say it as is. She mentioned that uh, the major reason – I'm paraphrasing folks – that for her to leave was that there wasn't enough diversity in the executives um, of AEW. Uh, And she places apparently a high value on um, not people of color but black people specifically Um, being in executive – she – in other words, she says that, uh, um, you know, how can I have confidence in a company, basically, if if there's no people who look like me in positions of power and uh, yada yada. Anyway, f- fuck it. Uh, by the way, I'm as white as as a fucking new fallen snow, folks. Yeah. So let's get that right out of the way. <clears throat> uh, then. A retort comes from Tony Khan via Twitter, and you know what I like to say, never good to settle your hash in social media. No. (laughs) But he says, he puts it matter-of-factly that that he pays... Very close attention to the diversity of his own organization. Then and he his is, own
1: ethnic background. He's
0: he's brown, another one of the executives is brown. There's then he lists off a whole series of wrestlers and, and people who are also just not white. And then uh bookends the the uh uh <laughs> the the line with uh I let her contract expire because she was not as I don't I forget how he worded it. He basically
1: but, said that she wasn't good.
0: Yeah, she wasn't good. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Now, third part to the story, Act Three. This is uh this story is unfolding as we speak, folks. Uh, Leo Rush has chimed in. <laughs> yes. And Leo Rush, uh, apparently, uh, not embarrassed to say anything. Apparently, that he's.
1: Fuming also on Twitter. He's also a very very outspoken individual.
0: Uh, yeah. He speaks and his to, mind. to the point where it gets him in trouble seemingly all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's uh, le- before you walked in here, the latest update was he was demanding Tony Khan apologize. Uh, for uh, for re- I, he's not gone into any other detail right. other than that he's he's upset that uh, this has been said. And he's demanding an apology. There's the context, folks. I'm not sure if I can say anything about it without uh, dividing the community. As a white guy commenting on, um, uh, what would
1: you call it? Different cultural affairs. Cultural appro- appropriation? No, that's no, not the right I word. I mean, that's not the right word. But regardless, you you, you understand the, I, for me, I am very 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 sensitive to um communities of all statuses. Uh I grew up, we both kind of grew up uh being poor. poor white kids in predominantly brown or black neighborhoods. Yes. Um I was jumped uh when I was a kid for being the white kid. And I was
0: just jumped for being low hanging fruit.
1: Yeah. And uh,
0: multiple times.
1: Yeah. Me too. And do people get jumped anymore? I don't know. Uh, it, I haven't heard about it in a really long time.
0: Feels like a thing of the past, right? Well, Where a, because a carload of dudes just roll up on you as you're walking over to your nerdy friend's house yeah. and get out and beat the shit out of you for no reason. Yeah.
1: And I think that in school now, uh, specifically, like they're handing out so many harsher penalties for violence, right? Uh, that it's, uh, who knows, you know, uh, we're not young anymore and we can't, you're sympathetic. I'm extremely sympathetic because I've also been in rooms where I've had people that I would consider to be good people then have a really shit take on somebody else's status because of their race. And then they'll end up saying, pretty insensitive and stupid shit. Mm-hmm. And then I will oftentimes have to remind them, Hey man, uh, I'm not okay with hearing that. Um, I don't have a shoot job anymore. Uh, one of the main I reasons, love the term shoot. job." Yeah. I, well, one of the main reasons I don't have a nine to five anymore is because when I was working that I'm um, at a restaurant, uh, there was some pretty polarizing opinions that some people had about other people's ethnicities. Mm-hmm. There was a gentleman who uh, was always a really big supporter of mine. He would come to shows. He bought merchandise. Not going to say his name on air, but he also hated black people.
0: Yes. And oh, he, he, well, first of all, you said restaurant and I just did the math. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> waiting staff is yep. riddled with racists.
1: Yep. So, so, and we work with we we worked with quite a few black people sure and he had the audacity to kind of pull me aside and be like hey check out my fantasy football name and oh, it was boy. Oh. and it was black lives matter oh he was just a and, jerk yeah and i and he's giggling about it and i pulled him into the silverware room i'm like rich like you can just cause I'm a bald white guy does not mean that you could pull me aside
0: and think that I'm going to laugh hysterically at your dumb fucking jokes. You you can't you.
1: Yeah. And also I get it a lot too. And I'm not even yeah. bald. And, and by the way, I don't fucking agree with you, dude. Right. Right. Because I couldn't even begin to imagine what it would be like to be in a community where a father would have to explain to their own son how to talk to police officers so they don't get shot. Like these are things that happen that we can't really speak on. And I'm out of fucking turn speaking on it right now. You feel what I'm saying? And I, but I can tell you this, I don't know enough about, about big swole to be able to tell you, Hey, she wasn't a good wrestler. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you that she wasn't a good wrestler. I can tell you that there was people that were about her when she debuted. It was kind of a big deal. Sure. Right? So where was she from before that? I don't I, I don't know. I don't know. And all I know is is that she made a little bit of waves. It's really bad form for Tony Khan mm-hmm. to go on a public platform such as Twitter and say, Oh, I fired you because you sucked. Right. I also think it's really bad form for a company like WWE to have gigantic statement releases when they fire fucking people and saying that they wish them the best in their future. No, you don't. Yeah. When you don't, you don't fucking wish them the best in their fucking future endeavors because you're fucking firing them. You fucking idiot. Or, uh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: just the mere fact that you're posting this is, is of
1: ill, of ill importance. Right. But at the same time, Tony Khan, um, there's some things that he does that I think that are really solid. Right. Sure. But you know, how could you not expect there to be a backlash when you say something like that and you're enabling them to have a reason to be upset at you? It's not okay to do that. And as far as Leo rush is concerned, uh, I will say that I've been in locker rooms with Leo Rush. He before he was signed to AEW, he did a couple of shots for FSW. Right. And he was nothing but fucking cool to me. Right. Nothing but cool to me. And he was cool to everybody else that he was around. He even had a fucking crew of fucking people and we hung out and we had a good fucking time. Sure. Right. We had a great fucking time. So if he's upset. And if he has a reason to be upset, and if he feels the need to come and publicly tell someone that they're an idiot for doing something publicly that was stupid, I agree with that. But at the same time, I don't agree with these are all private room conversations that y'all should be having with each other. Well, I mean, my big takeaway, that's number one. Yeah. um <sighs>
0: It might be the greatest theme of this show since its inception because it's, it's a big part of my life. Stop living your fucking life online. Yeah. Not everything is public record. You don't need to commentate on every fucking thing because um, oftentimes it makes you sound stupid. Yeah. Because most people, big shock here, don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Right. Sadly, um, look, Big Swole made a comment about the diversity of AEW. Unfortunately, there's an issue in uh, diversity and even forced diversity or affirmative action or or whatever. There's a a major problem is that you can force people into positions even if they're unqualified for them. Uh, Unfortunately, when you want the numbers to not reflect society, it becomes unrealistic because, you know, last I checked, uh, black people specifically made up 10% of the populace. I'm sure that number has gone up since I've last heard that number. So you would hope for 10% of the roster to be black. You would hope for 10% of the executive staff to be black. Quite honestly, that might be what it is. Yeah. Um, which is why he stood up for himself. Um, but... Uh, even then you're also at the mercy of who gives a shit about this industry because if black people don't, then those numbers go down. Correct. And you can't just put, I'm about ready to say something really fucked up. Here's the real truth. There are three African American dissented women that were in AEW in their women's division that I know of. I don't know if there's more. Um, and their women's division, is not huge. So, That 10% is cleared easily. Right. It's Jade Cargill, Big Swole, Velvet Sky. All three of these girls, and this is the fucked up part, suck. They are not great wrestlers. They might know the moves, but they seemingly don't know where to put them, why to put them, even sometimes how to execute them properly. Now, that's not me talking exclusively about a lot of the African-American – women on that show because there's a lot of white girls that fucking don't need to be in there either. Right. But the problem is, is I mean, even before this stuff came up like one week ago, I watched, I think it was dynamite and Jay Cargill had a match with thunder Rosa and it was the shits. Yep. I mean, I literally text James in New York and said, this girl needs to go back in the oven. Yep. She don't know what the fuck she's doing. So, you have a real problem with, yes, we have diversity, but unfortunately, you're forcing it yep. to people who, quite honestly, need to still be working it out. Anyway, I, I'm starting to sound like a crazed racist conservative at this point, which I hate. Right. But... So she makes these comments, they're not based in any facts, it's just in her own feelings. Feelings over facts. This is how I feel. I feel that there's not enough people, well, if there's not enough uh, people of color to fill these roles, what is a gal to do? Anyway, that's her fault. The next, pro- and then she spoke about it publicly, that's the real tragedy. Then Tony Khan, he comes out with the facts. And they do support, I guess, what I'm saying. Um, but he buttoned, he puts a bow on it with, I let her contract expire because she wasn't ready. Now, unfortunately, he needs to learn tact. Yes. You know, when someone in wrestling is not good, it doesn't mean that they're not going to be good forever. Right. It just me. when I say Jade Cargill needs to go back in the oven... She needs to just go back in the oven, and who knows, two years from now, she might be the fucking greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. Or German suplexes. Take your pick. You know, um, you have the capacity to get better. Unfortunately, that comes with time. He stood up for himself, which you have to respect a little bit, but you have to be above stupid little shit like this. Right. Um, And there's no winning... That's uh, Yeah, that there, was my initial yeah. comment. There's no winning for every party involved. And then ultimately, Leo Rush. Hey, look, I'm sure he's a sweet guy, but this guy can't keep his fucking mouth shut. Every time something that needs to be said, he can't wait to say it, and he fucking burns his own career. Because right now, he's literally demanding, Tony Khan, apologize. Get the fuck. That's your boss, dog.
1: Right. And, what the fuck? And, and I don't think that Leo Rush actually gives... Uh, two shits or a fuck if he gets fired. Well, clearly, not, so. the guy has
0: retired five right. times in the last two years. Yeah,
1: you know, um,
0: it's a complicated web that is being woven. Yep, and everyone, I th- wants to see diversity, yes, but not at the expense of quality. You know, as much as, um, black people would love for white people to live a day in their shoes so they can experience it, um. And this might sound strange. I wonder if any of them stop and thought about what it's like to be Tony Khan for five minutes. Seriously. That guy has the sword of Damocles hanging over his head at all times. Yep. You know what I mean? Here's a guy who's actually trying to change the business for the better. He's trying to put together a quality product. He also cares about little things like diversity. I mean, Mm -hmm. their first pay-per-view had a guy with no fucking legs in it for God's sakes. I, I didn't ask for that. Right. You know, but who made that call? Brandy Rose. It's important that we had, you know, diversity and, and, and all this. Sh- anyway, fuck it.
1: And, and, I, and I think that diversity is important, but we also live in a day and age where, and this isn't exclusive to any side of any fence that you want to play at. This is exclusive right. to us all. Uh, there's a big lack of accountability for people's actions right? There's a big lack of accountability for people's skills. And, uh, this, I don't know if this is going to connect in the chain or not, but there's a lot of people that I have wrestled that have done an absolute shit job. Right. And then it turns into, I end up telling someone like, Hey, this, this person might not be quite ready yet. And it turns into, well, that's my friend. Right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that that's your friend, but my statement still stands that this person is not ready and I can help if they're not ready. Come down and we'll go over footwork. We'll go over timing. We'll go over everything. I'll help because I don't want anyone to be bad. You know what I'm saying? I want everyone to be good. Right. But yeah, we all want the
0: same thing. Unfortunately, this is a conversation. I've already buried myself, so who cares at this point? But there's no winning opinions.
1: There, there There's no winning opinions when anyone uh, plays a card. It, it's it's like the most damaging card in Uno. Yeah. You know what I'm I mean, saying?
0: I, uh, You said it before. These are backroom conversations that we yeah. have. And they're all had. And hey, look, I'll give a little bit of. I always give the youth of America a little bit of a pass. People forget Tony Khan's in his what his twenties. Yeah,
1: I he's mean, fucking young. Yeah, which is also why he likes running his mouth on the fucking internet. Right, and, and it's it not even the, just in this man. Like, yeah, he, it takes he, the wisdom of an age to
0: understand that these things are are of, you know bad form ultimately but also these other these other two need to learn the same lesson this is not a way to handle problems if you want to get a fucking mob together with the pitchforks and the torches uh, go right ahead but you're not going to see any real change in that area you need to have actual conversations with the people of importance calling out people I, i just don't think is the way Turnbuckle Boogie is a Devo Looter production and is produced by Timothy Stiles and Cody Hancock with web production and music provided by Timothy Stiles. For more information, go to turnbuckleboogie.com. And for booking information on Cutthroat Cody Hancock, go to cutthroatcody.com. See you next Monday.